God, clothe me in righteousness, wrap me in salvation. God, clothe me in righteousness, wrap me in salvation. These are the prayers that bring us home with Ramona Garcia and Gay Slomka. This is John Garland, and we're exploring the Psalms, this ancient prayer book of the Bible that teaches us the spiritual vocabulary of healing, resilience, and praise. The prayers that bring us home. The Psalms are Jesus's prayer book, and we pray them communally each day with him and with our small group and with the cloud of pilgrims around the world today and with the cloud of pilgrims back through the many centuries. And we pray these psalms with you. We're glad that you joined us. Gay and I are going to chat a little bit about today's Psalm 132, another song of ascent. And, you know, we say this every morning, that we're praying these songs with Jesus, that we're praying them with the, the Messiah. This one, for sure, is one of these overwhelmingly messianic uh, psalms we see Jesus living out. Um, how, how would you describe this psalm, Gay? I just <clears throat> see the pilgrims together traveling and singing this psalm that takes them back into history and to the story of David and at the same time is moving forward and filled with the imagery of the New Testament. Yeah, that's it's really a, a very powerful prayer when you look at it like that game and we're going to begin with this distilled prayer and uh, with Ramona and then we'll listen to all of Psalm 132 it's one of the it's the longest of the songs of ascent these these um, pilgrim songs and then Gay will have a little conversation about how to maybe approach it God clothe me in righteousness wrap me in salvation Psalm 132, A Song of Ascents. Remember, on behalf of David, Yahweh, all his affliction, how he swore to Yahweh and vowed to the Mighty One of Jacob, I certainly will not enter my house, nor lie on my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for Yahweh, a dwelling place for the Mighty One of Jacob. Behold, we heard about it in Aphrata. We found it in the field of Jar. Let's go into his dwelling place. Let's worship at his footstool. Arise, Yahweh, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. May your priests be clothed with righteousness, and may your godly ones sing for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your Messiah. Yahweh has sworn to David a truth from which he will not turn back. I will set upon your throne one from the fruit of your body. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony which I will teach them. Their sons also will sit upon your throne forever. For Yahweh has chosen Zion. 
He has desired it as his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her food. I will satisfy her needs with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her godly ones will sing aloud for joy. I will make the horn of David spring forth there. I have prepared a lamp for my Messiah. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but upon himself his crown will gleam. Amen. Psalm 132, still the Song of Ascents, would have been sung by Jesus, sung by the disciples, sung by everyone going to Jerusalem for the uh, feasts and the festivals, going up the mountain, ascending up Mount Zion. Here we have this very overwhelmingly messianic uh, song. It's all about the Messiah um, and all about this place and the creation of the of the temple space, this place of gathering, this place of of worship, this place of turning toward peace, um, or, or um, shalom, Jerus Jer Jerusalem, the the city of shalom. Gay, how do we approach this psalm? How do how do you how how do you recommend to us um, uh, pray this? Well, when I was thinking about this last night, I just thought about it starts with this history, this going back in time. And I just had this picture of these pilgrims thinking about, you know, generations before and David's commitment to God and wanting to find this place for a tabernacle. And yet at the same time, this psalm looks forward to the future, to the Messiah. And I don't know, there was something I don't, I definitely don't really understand this psalm, but there was something that just made me really feel grounded in the story of this pilgrimage and them singing the song as they were going to Jerusalem, the place where this tabernacle did exist at one time. And um, yeah. That's so, so helpful, Gay. That's such a great way to look at it. It is the it's a history story that pulls you back into the history, but then also helps you look forward as a people. And specifically here, it's the story of David and David feeling this David the anointed one. Samuel anoints David. David um is this Messiah and he's the archetypal Messiah and as we understand the Messiah and the return of the Messiah, it's all kind of coming from this, this uh, David character. David just meaning the beloved one uh, in Hebrew, the beloved. Um, and the story in in Samuel, or first Samuel, is this idea of what are you going to do with the Ark of the Covenant? What are you going to, what, and, and the king uh, the anointed King David is saying, we need to build a place. We need to hold it in a place, the Ark of the Covenant, this place, um, this dwelling place, this physical representation of God's dwelling in creation, also holding the memories, all this box that holds all the memories of the Exodus and this experience of God, this experience of 
calling. And David is saying what we have to or feels this this need to 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 place the ark in a per, a permanent place, a permanent temple, a house of of God. And so you have this image at the beginning of this psalm of like, I'm not going to I'm not going to rest until I do this, until there is a house um, for Yahweh. There's a resting place uh, for Yahweh, a dwelling place, a footstool, which becomes this um this well what they do is they go to a they they go and push out the jebusites uh they take their mountain and um and call it jerusalem and and uh and zion and it's the place where the later um david's son is going to build this physical building no longer a tabernacle no longer a tent uh that's on the move but this this also image, like how does that, how then do are we pulled forward? Well, how does that story, how does remembering that story pull us forward, Gay? Well, you know, I don't know all the references, but I know that you know there are so many references in this that are just uh images that are used in the New Testament. And I would like you to share some of those with us because there seems to be a wealth of them in this psalm. Yeah, it's almost like it's it, well. So certainly Jesus lives this psalm out, and any of the psalms, anytime you see the word David uh, in the psalms, you can immediately say, "Okay, how did Jesus live this one out?" And you will find you will find all sorts of different references. Either Jesus is directly quoting the psalm. Or Jesus is acting out the psalm. This one is sort of overwhelming, though. Um, you have this, uh, um, you have this experience. You know, all throughout this psalm, you have you know uh, hyperlinks to what Jesus has done, um, and also a description of the church, yeah. a description of the, the the future church. But it begins. You know, um, I, we could just do a quick survey, but but um, the. Um, the first, the first one is uh, this, I'm not going to even go into my house. I'm not going to sleep until I find a place, a dwelling place for God. It's a very strange passage. It doesn't make sense without reading this psalm. But in Mark, Jesus goes up, walks up to the temple, and then doesn't go in. And the disciples are a little bit befuddled. It's like, why am I not going to the temple? And it, it's this, 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 it's like, I'm not going to go into my house because of this psalm i'm and then i'm not going to give um i'm not going to let my eyes close i'm not going to sleep and then then jesus is in the garden of gethsemane he's not sleeping he's in this place searching for the true dwelling place of god it's not it's not in this building um yeah. and and the mark the the depictions in mark only really make sense um if you realize that people are singing this song around jesus uh, on that on that night, um, they're singing this song in Jerusalem as he walks up to the temple. Certainly, I will not enter my house. I will not give sleep to my eyes. And then he's living that out in this most intense scene in Gethsemane. Um, this psalm is quoted uh, my, in Matthew 2 also when the wise men are trying to figure out like where is the Messiah going to be born again? They quote Micah chapter five and they also quote this psalm it's like oh and it's an ephrathah um and you you see this combination in uh micah 5 2 which is why they're like oh jesus was born is going to be born in bethlehem it, they're 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 
triangulating this psalm and Micah 5. Um, you also have um, Matthew is using this in the genealogy, saying, you know, it's it's from the body of David, it's from the fruit of the body uh, of this throne that the, that the next Messiah is coming, um, or the fulfilling Messiah is coming. There's images, um, I think, you know, the feeding the multitudes in Mark 6 and Mark yeah. 8 down in the middle is like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, God is present when the needy are being fed. You know yeah. that it's the dwelling place of God when they are, when, when, when the, the priests are clothed in salvation and the needy are being satisfied. And you see that here in, in uh, verse 15. Um, also, that you know, in in Matthew twenty five, it's this ter terrifying uh, parable um, where Jesus is like, "Keep your lamp lamps lit." Like, what happens when you when you don't keep your lamps lit? Yeah. And here is this image: is like you got to keep the lamp lit for the Messiah because at the end of this psalm, it's like God is saying, Yahweh is saying, "I have prepared this lamp." Uh, for the Messiah. And then it, the image of the crown. And of course, the crown of the Messiah is one of the really, really uh, rich symbols in the New Testament. So Revelation is talking about describing Jesus with a crown. James talks about the crown of life. Uh, Timothy talks about the all of the churches are Jesus's crown, um, describes this crown of righteousness. Peter talks about this crown um and 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 here it's it's coming from this image of the crown that was gleaming um that that is being being placed upon the messiah's head um of course you know in the new testament you have this replaced with thorns um but but it, it transforms into the church um th these images i i don't know if do you think that that's helpful in praying them does it does it bring the psalm alive into the christian church or do you think oh. it just gets us like caught up in like trying to find all the links and then it's just a fun no. game i absolutely think it does have meaning for today and and this is what i'm thinking about it starts with the story of david and all about the place for the temple to be built and yet at the same time, it's looking forward to Christ and it has all this imagery of the Messiah and it's quoted so many times. And all I can think about is, and we get to tabernacle with Christ. You know, we are that moving tent. We are that moving tabernacle with our Messiah today. And so, yes, I definitely see that this is something that I would take into prayer and know that I am in that place of tabernacling with my Messiah. That that is it, Gay. That's really really powerful. Yeah. God, clothe me in righteousness. Wrap me in salvation. Clothe me in righteousness, wrap me in salvation. God, clothe me in righteousness, wrap me in salvation. 
Isn't it amazing to pray with the Messiah? These ancient prayers, they were held by an enslaved people through the horrific exile in Babylon and crafted and organized and woven together into this prayer book to heal an entire nation and, and the whole world. These prayers that Jesus used and lived into and unveiled and gave to us, gave to all of us through the centuries to pray together. These are the prayers that bring us home. Well, blessings, you all. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, may the peace of Christ walk with you on your long journey home. We are all going home.